Welcome to The Mental Cast, powered by Soul Performance Academy. The Mental Cast is a podcast focused on the topics and people helping drive us forward in leadership, learning, and our personal journeys. Just a reminder, you can send in your questions using the hashtag AskDanMickle, A-S-K-D-A-N-M-I-C-K-L-E, or sending an email to info at danmickle.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Mental Cast. Here is the host of The Mental Cast, Dan Mickle. Hey everyone, welcome to The Mental Cast. This is your host, Dan Mickle. Today I am joined by a legend and a good friend. Mr. Carl France. Carl, say hello, and why don't you give us a little bit of a, a bio and pump yourself up for my f- my fans and my friends. Uh, it's an honor to be here, uh, Sir Dan, and uh, name's Carl France. I am currently the men's assistant coach um, at New York University. Uh, this will be, if we play in 2021, it'll be my 15th season. Um, at New York University, um, interspersed with those t- my time at NYU, I had four years while I was a director of volleyball operations at Rutgers Newark. Uh, I was also the head men's and women's coach at um, Co- College of Mount St. Vincent. That's where I got my start. So all in all, since 1998, I've been coaching uh, college volleyball. Nice. So I've been trying to avoid because my world circles around volleyball, getting a ton of volleyball people on here. But you and I had a conversation recently that I think led to some deeper things. And that's kind of what led to this. Um, And I want to explore the concept. We were talking about the words normal and average. Oh, yeah. And how I'm really how I'm, I'm really having a problem with people and the attitude towards average as being a negative. Um, and I, I recently did a talk at a high school and it was about, and it was actually titled my average life. And it talked about how through school I was a B low B, you know, C student and average student on everything. And how for years I used to think of that as a failure and a negative. And it wasn't until recently that I started to look at it, that that average is actually a pretty good thing. Um, you know, and, and one of the lines that I talked about was Michael Jordan is a phenomenal basketball player, but there's probably a lot in his life that he's average at, and that's not such a bad thing. Um, what are your thoughts? And, and cu- let's kind of go down and explore that road of, of average, and then we'll get into the, the normal. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts and feelings with average? Similar to yours, um, and even in a deeper point, it's like you can be spectacular. And it's funny you say, uh, Michael Jordan, you can be spectacular in in certain aspects of life, but you can be um, just bang average um, and other things. And and this is comes to my European soccer watching because the 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 vernacular that they use when they describe the games and 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 and. Uh, the the players and the pundits speak on on certain things they just use average a lot bang average and and what that means is that the guy is just there he's good some days he's he's bad some days and just bang average and that's what and and we've had this exceptionalism um 
foisted upon us as young children that you have to be better than better than the average person. You have to be better than the average person. I think that's great. And then then the grades scale started to change. I think you're a parent, I'm not, but I know that somewhere along the line that a C became like 78 or 79 or something, it, it went up or something crazy. And when I was in school, C was 70 to 79 work and then B was 80 to 89 work. But then the low grade for the C was like 75 or 70. I don't know what's going on, but it, Michael Jordan, for example, you just said he was a spectacular, he was a great basketball player. But do you know that when he was in the boardroom at, at, for, for some of these teams, he made some horrendous choices. I mean, we're still talking about Kwame Brown as a, if you're an NBA head, you would still talk about the Kwame Brown decision. Like he was, um, he was not very good as a basketball player. And that went on, that stayed with Jordan. That still stays with Jordan to this day as an owner for the uh, Charlotte Bobcats or Hornets or whatever they're calling themselves these days. And those are the things that kind of get me to that average thing. It's like average is not a thing. You can aspire to be better. But if you're average, that means you can probably strive to be a little bit better and not be considered average. It's not a bad thing. Poor is bad. Um, what is that? Un, if, you're, if you're poor, that means you're pretty, pretty bad as, a, as, a, as an athlete or, or whatever you're doing. Poor is not good. Um, disappointing. Um, you had a disappointing performance could be construed as bad, but an average performance could be construed as, Hey, you know, you did some good things. You did some bad things. Let's just, let's just get more consistent, you know? And it's, it's unfortunate that average is considered uh, poor when it's not, it just means that you need to be a little bit more consistent in what you do. Do you think um, sticking with the Michael Jordan, you know, story? Yeah. I don't, I don't know enough about it because I was growing up, I was a Sonics fan and a little bit of a Lakers fan. So I was never really a Bulls fan. But okay. do you feel like Michael Jordan, from a baseball standpoint, like taking his name out of it, do you think he was an average baseball player? No. He, he, was, he was not an – he was – well, I should say this. He was – he was an average minor leaguer because see, when we think baseball player, we think major league baseball player, right? So like Bo Jackson was an average to above average baseball player. Deion Sanders was an average to above average baseball player. Michael Jordan was in double A baseball. He was, he was below average if you ask me. Um, but you know, that's, those are those things that you kind of look into. Um, and since you say you were a Sonics person, that's even easier to go to because Detlef Shrimp was an amazing basketball player, amazing basketball player. Nobody saw him except the two of us, probably, <laughs> maybe. Um, right, was, right, right. He was an amazing basketball player. Sean Kemp was an amazing talent and a good and a very good basketball player. And then if you go back further, Gus Williams from New Rochelle was a great basketball player and all that stuff. But we don't know what they did other in other things. Obviously, Gary Payton too. But we don't know what they did in other things in their lives. Um, Jordan is just one of those people that is on, you know, his his. There's like one out of every four people that you walk by is wearing Air Jordan sneakers. 
you know, it's kind of one of those things. So yeah, it's, he's been successful, but he was, I thought a below average baseball player and, and, and being a double a baseball player. Yeah. You're, you're very good. You're better than the average person. You're better than the average human being playing base, the sport of baseball, but you're just, you're below average baseball player. If you're double a. Right. So do you think that that is the bigger problem when we're looking at average that we can no longer separate those segments? Like we lump everything that Jordan does as elite so that anything that he does that might be average then actually looks a lot lower or below average because we're holding it to that. We're not comparing the apples and oranges there. Do you think as a society, that's an issue that we run into? Um, For example, uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, just got fired. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that, and I'm always, 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 always leery of when a coach wants to become a GM or, you know, and director of football and a coach. Mm -hmm. Do you think that being bad at that fed into him being a bad coach like he's not a lead at both no i think like like I th- it, okay go ahead no i was just gonna say like like that's how I, I'm, I'm trying to tie them all together in in the fact of have we lost the ability to say that person a is an elite basketball player but an average person or average at life in general and and an elite person is just an elite person now. And, and we just assume that everything that they're going to do, touch, say is going to be elite. Yes. Um, the same way that I think we've lost the, the ability to have nuanced conversation is the same way I think we've lost the ability to comp, um, compartmentalize um, these comparisons. So for ex- uh, using your example, Bill O'Brien and people have said this on, you know, again, many of the, the, the uh, talking heads have said this, Bill O'Brien, the GM or director of football operations got Bill O'Brien, the coach fired. And, and everybody said, Oh, he's a great person. And everybody, anybody in Pennsylvania knows of his story as with his family. So we're not going to gloss over that, but for, 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 for most people, it was a public story. And then when he got down there to Houston, he was given the keys, lock, stock, and barrel. And that's usually a bad thing. Um, Cause just because you can do it at one level doesn't mean you can do it at the next level. And that's what I think people also forget. So I think he was a failure at, at the, at the pro personnel and, and all of those kind of things. But I think he was a great coach because they did win a division like four or five times or something like that. And so, yes, I, I think we've lost the art of speaking and saying, Hey, you're a good person. Oh, but you're, 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 you're a crappy businessman, you know? <laughs> and, and because I think we just want to be, sometimes we want to just be too nice. Or if you're in a public sphere, we just want to be too negative. Right. And, and do you think that that's a trend? I, I feel like that is a trend the whole way across the board, everything we do, obviously as college coaches and how we recruit, 
sometimes I think the average person is getting left out because we're getting skewed by other aspects. Like they're an elite player, but they're an average student. Mm-hmm. We're going to take that player because they're an elite player, but we fail to look at the elite student that might be an average player, even though that that average player might still raise the value of our team athletically, it would certainly raise the value of the team academically. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess, I guess that's kind of, I guess that's kind of where I'm having the problem again with the average. I would, would, I, I would rather have a team of average players with a couple elite players than the ups and downs of, you know, everything else. I, I guess at what point do we say this is the measuring stick, but we no longer like the measuring stick. You know what I mean? Like, why do we compare people to, you know, this is the average statistic of this player, but that should be a good thing, right? If we're comparing them to that. So, but I feel like, okay, well, that's the lower end. I feel like we're dismissing that person that's setting the bar because we're always talking about raising the bar, but the person that's setting the bar is actually pretty good too, or at least bringing value to the program. Indeed. And it's, it's, we, we got to a, we got to a culture where everything is on, on video, right? So, and, 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 and you're a five-star, you're a four-star, and there's a lot of different elements that come into play with all of that when we're evaluating as college coaches. Um, Oh, where do you have this person? Oh, well, this, this rating system has them a three or this newspaper local newspaper has them as a top 10 this or a top 25 underclassmen. And then you have the ABCA phenom. And then you, so there's always something else that's, that's trying to throw this maybe toxicity into the rating system that we as coaches have. And I think that it also depends on where you are and what you're looking for, because the, the, the school that the institution that I am currently um, has a higher um, academic rating than the schools that I've been to prior. So I have to look for a different type of student athlete. So th- those kind of conversations do happen and, and you have to go and talk about it. Do I want the person who fits the academic mold and is going to be very good for us in the long run or do we want to take a take a flyer on a young a young person who is an amazing talent but may need some help when you're going for the uh when you're trying to get that academics in in order you know those are the those are the things we have to do but we we really don't um we really because then at the end of the other end of it you have to win like your job is not to be um, a, a daycare center, so to speak, or, um, you know, a rec league and everybody gets a trophy. You, your job is on the line at some point where you have to start showing some, some victories and some success and bring home some silverware, so to speak. And sometimes those average people do get left back or the so-called average people get left behind for the for that uh, outstanding, talented person who has those average grades, or that that average uh, character, or that average, or less than average, below average character, or below average things. So sometimes, depending on your circumstance, you take chances too. Well, and and I think the above average 
also always comes with a risk. I mean, we're seeing it. I mean, obviously for, again, going, I, I hate going back to the Michael Jordan thing, but it's just such an easy example. And sure. most everyone knows a lot of the story, but, you know, we're watching the last dance and that whole documentary. It's not like the eliteness of Michael Jordan didn't come without problems and didn't come without risk. And, and sometimes I just feel like there are some really average players that were on those championship teams that deserve a ton of credit because when the elites are going up and down and the ebbs and flows of their career and their seasons, it's the average that keeps them above water. And it's the core of that average that keeps people above water. You know, you, you have a sales force with people that crush their sales goals, but if the mass of your salespeople are average and doing their average, that's what's keeping you in the profit. And it's the elite salespeople that are knocking you out of your goals and stuff like that. But I just feel like sometimes we don't give the credit to the average that that's helping things go. You're, you're absolutely Am I right. off on that? Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. It's one of those things. It's, it's an easy thing to say that um, we're, if we're talking about the word, right, the word of be, of average, and that's the, that's the, that's the crux of it. It's like, you need it depending on what you're doing you need some of you need some of those people in a team concept or um, a group concept you need some of those people to keep everything level or to keep to keep everything moving smoothly if it's a single entity like for example if you're a tennis player then it's just on it's just on you being a tennis player and you have to go out there and you have to you have to perform every time, but if it's a team concept or a group concept, um, then it's a little bit different than, you know, then I think those, those people who are average make it easier for everybody to do what they need to do. So yes, I, there's a lot of that stuff and, and, and we can use Jordan all day because it's fresh in our minds for, from pandemic viewing. So yeah, it's um, Steve Kerr, who was one of my favorite college basketball players um, at U of A, I'm sorry, U of University of Arizona was just beloved and a great shooter. But at the next level, because there are levels to this, and I think sometimes we forget about that. At the next level, he was not an all-star. He was just, he was just one of the guys. He was a guy that was eighth, ninth, tenth guy on, on, on the roster, on the pecking order. Um, and then he moved up to maybe six or seven by the time it was done in Chicago. Um, Jim pa uh, Paxson, John, I think his, now his brother's Jim, he was John, John Paxson, yep. um, was Steve Kerr before Steve Kerr got there, you know, and Paxson was a great player at Notre Dame, great player at Notre Dame. I think he was all conference at least one or two times there, um, but at the same time, he was just one of the guys. He was a role player. And I think, I think average means role is in, in a sports sense, average would mean role player. And who wants to be considered a role player? You know, nobody wants to be considered a role player. They want to be the star. They want to be the one who, who gets talked about in the, in the, in the post-match interviews or the post-game interviews. And maybe that's, that's probably the, the, the uh, equality or the, the meaning of the word in a sports sense is that average is just means role player. And who wants, and then again, who wants to be the role player? 
Yeah, and I think, and this is probably the part where I'm going to get the most, <laughs> the most hate and feedback from. Like, I don't feed into those best ever stuff. Like, I don't, I don't care if Jordan is better than Kobe. I don't care if LeBron is better than Kobe, and and, and I don't care. I think they're all great players, and I don't think there's any way to ever answer that. We can look at all the stats and we can skew it any way we want. But the fact is the bubble in which they all played in was not the same. So we just can't really compare them. But I think one of the things that LeBron brings that Kobe and Jordan did not bring, I feel like LeBron teams, the average goes up. I, I feel like the teams that LeBron comes on, the average and the role players elevate themselves more. I think all of them had sidekicks, and, and I mean that in no disrespect. I, I, don't, I don't mean to downplay Scottie Pippen or obviously Shaq and Kobe and, and all of that. But I just really feel that one of the thing I, I feel like Jordan and Kobe were really, really elite, and you want the ball in their hands. But I just feel watching what LeBron does, I feel like it raises the average of the team more than the other two did. And I think that is really key. I think he did it in Miami. I think he did it in Cleveland. And I think he did it with the Lakers this year. There were other elite players on all those teams. It's not like he did it alone. But when you look at the other players that no one can name, that no one's ever bought their jersey other than their parents and their family, I feel like that's LeBron's biggest strength. Interesting. I think it, it, if, if you held a gun to my head and you said you have to pick one trait for those three players, and, and again, I'm not disrespecting Kareem or – you know, uh, uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, I'm not dismissing any of them. But obviously in recent times when you start talking about the top, it's, it's, it's Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron in the current in, you know, discussion. I feel like Michael Jordan was the best at bringing the best out in – his foil or his partner, like a Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman. I felt like Kobe is, was the best at bringing out the best in himself. I think Kobe was a better self-motivator than Michael Jordan was. I feel like Michael Jordan was a better teammate motivator than Kobe was. But I feel like LeBron James is the better overall motivator of the entire program and the team than the other two were. Now, I'm not saying that that means that, that, that LeBron is not about himself or proud of what he does and what he accomplishes. I just, from an outsider and not a big basketball person, that's how I divide the three. I, I feel like if, if I need someone to motivate me as a single person, I want Michael Jordan on my team. If I want someone that I can just pass the ball to and let them handle the weight and I don't ever want to shoot, it's Kobe. But if I want the whole team and my whole squad to be better and feel better, I want LeBron. And that's how I break it down. That's interesting. I didn't know we we're going to go there, but that's interesting. Here, here's here's uh, something else that I'll, I'll add to this since 
this is something that I, I grew up with. I, I'm a, I was a Magic Johnson guy, right? So um, I watched Magic Johnson from the time he played at Michigan State to the time he got to the Lakers. And then I remember where I was when he made the announcement that he had, he had the, um, he, he was HIV positive. Um, you're right. And it's part of what we just talked about. We cannot have a nuanced conversation about these things because of a lot of different things, but that's out, a lot of outside noise. And a lot of outside noise affects that conversation of, that you just had. And it was an eloquently stated piece. And I and I am not a big fan of who's the best and who's not because, I mean, eh, who cares? But at the same time, when you talk about average, you talk about you talk about role players, and you talk about um, that word. Yes, you you can look at the teams that that were surrounded by those gentlemen that you put up. Um, and obviously the roster with the less, with, uh, the least amount of talent have been the LeBron teams for sure. Um, there were some teams that Kobe were on as a Laker fan that Kobe were on. That was like, who is that guy? And <laughs> right. Right. The janitor. <laughs> well, I mean, it was Vujicic and then there was, um, there was a team when they had, um, a point guard from New York on it from Fordham. It was it, oof. Uh, when he first got to, when he first got there, they weren't very good. Um, but it wasn't until they got pieces with him. But and and LeBron seemed to be doing it with his second his second guy was was never the a top name was never an all star was a solid player, but he had he had typically done it with role players. And then when you get to the point later, then some of these guys like obviously this this past time with Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Davis is an all-world talent, um, but you're not expecting um, Alex Caruso to be better than he is. He's definitely an average NBA player. Kyle Kuzma is definitely an average NBA player. And when you have four other three other people on the on the floor that are average NBA players, you're gonna you're gonna have these conversations, you know. So yes, I agree that that the conversation that you're going to have, you're going to get a lot of hate for. And I also agree that the conversation needs, needs to be put in a little box and say, okay, this is what we're, what we're talking about here is that the, the concept of average, the concept of being a role player, the concept of, of this being a word that people don't want to hear because of the connotation it has. If we said, Hey, you're a good player. Does that make you feel better? You're still a role player, but you're still good. You're not the star, but you're still good. So, it, it's just as coaches, sometimes you just have to choose your words wisely and just go, okay, you're, you're a good player, but I know you can do better. If you say you're an average player, that person's already going to be thinking negatively about themselves for the rest of the night. So it's just a, just a really weird vocabulary um, jumbled mess that we're in sometimes when we talk about this from a mental, from a mental coach standpoint, from a sport performance uh, uh, standpoint, and then just from personal life standpoint. Yeah, like, and, and you can you can have these debates in almost every sport. You know, I think next to I don't know that there's any other debate. I guess maybe the Joe Montana Tom Brady debates probably the closest next sport, or the Mike Tyson versus Muhammad Ali 
debate of you know mm-hmm. who who's the greatest or who would be the greatest and again in all of those i don't really care because i think all of them were a great talent and they were all at a you know different time um and and i think we can't compare them you know muhammad ali i think if it goes beyond three rounds I, i'm going to give it to muhammad ali but i worry about those first two rounds with mike tyson um but I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know, but the time and energy spent, but that kind of diverges off the topic, but it, re, it really goes back to the fact. And, and I think you hit on it that we're afraid to talk about those, those bench players or those role players because they're so overshadowed by the elite, but without them, none of those teams would have succeeded. In... And if the average of those teams, none of them would have succeeded. Yep. Yep, that's that's it, my friend. So, so, so then that goes on to what the second topic that we're going to discuss is, which is normal. <laughs> you oh. know, with with everything going on, everything going on with COVID, it's all been you know. Well, when we get back to normal, and my question was first, what is normal, and B, is going back to normal good, and. The example that came to mind was, you know, my, my daughter had tryouts this morning. Um, and for those on the replay, we're what, end of October. So, um, and I was just sitting there thinking about from the time when it ended in March and we went into lockdown, March 13th until now, and we're all excited about returning to normal. Did we miss an opportunity to reevaluate what should be normal and and what we set as normal and and that's kind of where my fear is we we see everyone talking about we need to get the kids back in school we need to get sports started up again because they're depressed and they don't have anything to do and i feel like we're giving a tylenol to something that's a broken arm instead of getting them back and rushing them back and hoping they get back. Shouldn't we be looking at why they're so tied to the identity of their sport and why we're pushing so hard. And again, this isn't just sports. This is life in general. We had a moment where nature said to us, everything needs to go on pause. And did we waste it by thinking that normal is where we need to get back instead of looking and saying, what should we adjust and what should be the normal? Yes. See, this is a loaded. This is a loaded question for a lot of people, um, especially when you're talking about um, because what's what's normal for one person in a really good situation is is not normal for somebody else in a in similar situ- in, in a bad situation. So, for example, if you're a person who this thing has happened. Um, and then it's sport concept, social concept, living concept. If you're if you're in a sport concept, normal is hey, my coach, my coach has been let go, middle of the season, toward the end of the season, and now we have an interim coach. I was that interim coach at NYU in 2017, and there was no sense of normalcy at any time during the rest of that year because I was not the person who recruited them. I was not, I was on the staff, but I was not the person that was leading practices. 
uh, doing all the chalk talks, all those kind of things, that was somebody else. So that's one sense of normal. Um, you're not getting that back, no matter how you like it. You have to get adjusted to the new thing. And the new thing is this man is now up there instead of the woman that was there. And he is calling the shots. He is taking over practices and he is moving forward. You need to move forward and adjust as well. And since we demand that from our athletes all the time, when we speak to them, hey, be better than you were yesterday. Let's, I want you to evolve as thinkers. I want you to evolve as players. I want you to evolve as human beings. And then we say, hey, let's go back to normal. That is kind of like a contradiction in terms almost to me. And I think that we as coaches and we as humans are always talking about evolving and being better. We can't go back to normal because that means we're taking steps backwards instead of evolving and, and, and progressing. And if we want to progress, we can't go back. I mean, that's just kind of simple English. And, and people are like probably listening right now going, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, well, think about it this way. Um, you want to go back to normal. So when is normal? Was normal when you were 25 years old and you were in great shape and you were jumping around and you were you were dunking on people if you if you were doing that or you were you're playing volleyball and you were spiking in front of the 10 foot line or whatever it was whatever you were doing you were great at it is that normal or normal was it just three months ago you know it, it you can you can but how about let's if you want to recreate that that feeling let's do that let's go back to where you were let's get back in better shape let's do things to get yourself to where you were at that point in your life um, but that's getting better. That's not going back. That's getting better. So I think, again, nuanced conversation, but I, I also think that normal is a bad word because for some people, obviously with all the civil unrest that was going down, let's get, I can't wait to things get back to normal, like normal for who? Um, for black and brown people, um, for trans people, for gay and gay and gay and, and bi people, what, what are, what's normal? You know, those are the things that become more nuanced and more layered as you go go through it and you start thinking that way. So, yeah, it's it's a, that's a tough word to take, and um, I'm seeing it now, and I'm hearing more people talk about normalcy, and I and I just look at them, I and I would like to just shake them and say, what's normal to you? and then and have a conversation but nobody wants to really have that conversation sir nobody wants to have that conversation right and and i think if we look back at history that you know it's it's usually a pretty traumatic event that brings us that quote <laughs> that comes out you know post 9-11 post covid let's get back to normal but the problem is a lot of times it's normal that got us into those situations. Exactly. It was be, being comfortable and getting in all those routines. Maybe we were lax in security or we were, you know, just dirty, not good hygiene, you know, whatever it may be, um, got us in that. And it's just repeating that cycle. And, and I just think that, and it's like you said, the normal to me is absolutely not the normal to you. It's not the normal to my wife. It's not the normal to my kids. It, 
And those are the people that are close to me. I can't imagine what the normal is to the guy that lives a mile and a half away that I've never met before. What's his normal? Mm -hmm. And maybe life's better now. So we don't need to go back. We need to change. You know, maybe, of course, I want things. I want to be playing and I want to have a season. But I I don't know if going back to normal is what I want to do. I I want to go. I want to be better, I, I guess. I want to be progressive. I want to advance. I don't know that I want to go back to anything. I want to learn from it, maybe look back at it, but I don't know that I want to go back to it. Sir, it, it, it's in, in, in to have that conversation and to have these, and, and there's so many things. And I, I think it's one of those, it's a comfort. It's a comfort. You said it's uh, to be comfortable. And I think that we always try and talk to our athletes and we talk to, we talk to our friends and it's like, Hey, you know, how are you doing? We check it. We're doing a, we're doing, you know, checks on, I called a friend of mine. It was his birthday. I called him yesterday. He didn't, I mean, text just doesn't seem right at this point. Like, Hey, let's call and see how you're doing and, and take that time. And everybody's had to reform. He was in Florida. He was in California and he's, um, he's an actor. He's trying to break into the entertainment business. And now he's a farmer picking up electrical skills, living up near Syracuse. And I'm like, this is, this is, that's what we're doing now. We have to adapt and we have to move forward. And I think that maybe people have gotten too comfortable. Maybe people have gotten to the point where it's like, well, you know what? I just want to go back to when I had everything laid out for me and it was easy. And I think being a human being is not easy. You have to, it's hard. And, and if we're coaches and if we're, you know, coaches of any stripe, we have to, we have to remind ourselves that we have to be a little bit uncomfortable to break through to the next thing and or to the next level. And I think that we're not, if we're, if we're using that mindset of just like, yeah, no problem. We, we got it. We got it covered. We'll just go back when everything goes back to normal start. No, we're, we're doing a disservice to everybody that we know, to everybody that we work with, especially everybody we work with, and then probably to ourselves as well. Yeah, there doesn't seem, there seems to be more of a push to go back than a push to look at what we can change. And I think that's my biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have clients that I'm working with on the sports psych side that are, you know, I just need to get Jimmy back playing football. And I'm like, no, what you need to do is make sure that Jimmy's entire life isn't tied to football. Yes. Because eventually that's going to end. Even if he becomes Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, whatever. At some point, they're all going to stop playing that sport. And they they need to have other things. You know, I, I just I posted today that um, a great post by Arlo Guthrie is retiring. You know, he had some mini strokes and he had a pretty bad stroke. And, you know, after, what was it, 47 years of touring every year that he's no longer touring and and – but he has a plan, you know, he's going to fish. He's going to hang out and do all the things that he couldn't do. He realized that he was no longer tied to being an artist and a folk singer yes. and all that. And, and, and I think that's the problem that we're at. We're afraid to look at things are going to be different. Change is scary. I get that, but it doesn't have to be bad. 
And I just think that we're really, really missing the point when we're rushing to get things back to quote unquote normal. Yeah, because normal, normal for you is not normal for me. And, and it's, it's amazing how we put everybody into this one bubble or this one box. Um, and that is probably what got us into this, the first place. And I'm, and I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not, I mean, that's just, it's just a, it's just a looking back or reflection on, on my own life and going, well, damn, I remember when I was doing all that stuff, I need to get back to that. So what did I do? I hit a, I hit a, a reset button and we talked about it before. I said, yeah, let, let's get on that. Let's get on that yoga kick and let's do that. I'm like three levels into this, this yoga thing I'm doing. And I walked an hour or two when I, when I didn't do the yoga or I did it and I did the yoga. It's just, what am I doing to get myself to be better? You know, not to, oh, well, you know, when things go back to normal, I'll go back to my, I'll go back to my desk and I'll sit there for eight hours. I'm like, well, that's great too, but what am I doing in the meantime? Because what if, and nobody likes to go if then or what ifs, but what if there is no going back to normal? You know, there, there are people right now that we know, we definitely know that their athletic departments are being, they're being furloughed. They're making budget cuts and massive budget cuts. Some schools have dropped their programs, respective programs, Stanford being the most high profile of them all. Um, yeah, so what if tomorrow is not, and, and the best proverb is tomorrow is not promised, but we just keep going, oh, well, you know, when things get back to normal. So it's a contradiction in terms and cliches also, but we've got to, we've got to be better. We've got to be better. And we, and I've got to, I got to try and remind myself to remind, remind my message to go out to these, my, my players and, and people I know. It's like, Hey, just keep getting better. Keep moving forward. You know, if you can't do that, we're going to have a real problem. Yeah. And, and I think the other key point to this and, and I hit on it, um, I hit on it when I talk and do my presentations on like goal setting and road mapping your life, but we're so afraid to look at the bad that when it hits us, we're totally unprepared for it. And yes. I, I think one of the big, the biggest message that I have for everyone right now, and, and I'll tell you the story afterwards, but you're going to have relapses or you're going to have those moments. Like, like you were talking about the yoga and the walking. I'm sure there's been days when you didn't do it or you just didn't feel like doing it. And it, it's going to happen. You know, for me, I've been just trying to really stay busy and learn new things. And, you know, the other week, literally last Saturday, I had a complete meltdown. Um, we, we didn't have the kids. And we just wanted to go out and eat. And everywhere we went to eat was, it's going to be an hour, hour and a half wait to eat. And I just got in the car and I was so upset and so pissy. And it wasn't fair to Terry, you know, because we had a night out. But it was just like, I just want to go back to when we could walk into a restaurant without reservations and get a table and sit down and have a drink and have a dinner. And I got really, really down on myself for like three days. And it took me a while to come out of it. And, and really what came out to it was, well, wait a minute. Why, why is that so important? Like, why is going to Red Robin and sitting down having a burger that important? 
and 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 it it really wasn't what it is is it was a chance to get out of the house that i've been locked down in since march with my wife without kids and just have a moment so how can i recreate that now i'm not a super romantic so it's not like i put a table out in the yard and put candles and we had dinner outside but i started i got sucked back into that i wish it would go back to normal and i realized that that's not the problem the problem is that i value something like that way too much than i should that it should be yeah. about our time together and, and and not going to the restaurant. That's a great side effect. Right. But, and, and I think that's really the problem with wanting to go back to normal is we're putting the emphasis on the wrong things. Indeed. And, and, um, and the connections of what we miss. And that's the, I mean, maybe that's the normal, that's maybe that's the normal part that most people are talking about, but I don't think they're thinking it that, that thorough. They're just talking about, well, I, I just want my life back. I'm like, well, you want your, you can, what's, what's stopping you from getting your life back? What's, re, what's really stopping you from going and doing what you're doing, you were doing in, in, in October of last year? What's, what's really stopping you? Is it this virus? Okay, make an adjustment. What can you do instead? You know, the, everybody was doing those, uh, what was it, the, the Zoom happy hours. And I knew that wasn't going to last. People were like, oh, you got to join. I'm like, I'm not doing that because that's not, that's not going to get me to where I want to be. It's going to get you to where it makes you happy, but it doesn't make me happy. So I'm not going to do this. I have to make sure that my happiness comes first and then we can worry about doing all that other stuff. And I think people are just wallowing right now and they're not figuring out that they've got to, and, and I don't mind saying it, They've got to figure out that, hey, what works best for you is what you need to do and not wait and hope and, and pray that something changes with, without you making a first step to change it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we rushed. We really rushed to fill that void. I mean, the, the minute lockdown happened, my inbox was blowing up. Hey, can we set up like a chalk talk with my club team or can we do mental training with my club? I just want to keep them engaged. And I kept thinking to myself, maybe what you need to do is let them disengage. <laughs> like, no, shut them down. Let their bodies heal. Let their minds heal. Let everything else heal. And I just, I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I really had, and, and, and this doesn't happen. I usually don't have like these weird dreams that live, you know, that, that then lead me to these, prophetic situations but it was it's like when you have a puppy you you, okay. you find a stray puppy it's cute you bring it in you love it but then the owners actually find it and come and take the puppy away and and that in itself is tragic but then your parents sit you down and you watch slideshows and videos of you playing with the puppy that was just taken away hoping it makes you feel better seeing the puppy again right but it doesn't right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like my, my, vo my volleyball season just ended. The last thing I want to do is sit and watch video of volleyball and try and dissect it. Cause I'm really pissed off. I don't have volleyball or I'm really hurt that I don't have volleyball. And I think that's what we did. I think we rushed too quickly to try and keep people active and it actually deepened the depression and deepened the hardship of the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Because we, it, it, it hurt a lot of people and it was so many other people, I mean, we're, we're doing volleyball, but I, I immediately put my head around to the gentleman 
and ladies who were at the swimming and diving championships ready to go. And being a former high school swimmer, I know how much pain they were in with the taper and all that stuff to get ready for the championships just to be pulled at the last moment when you're about to get on those blocks and start your start the NCAA championships for your for your senior year or your junior year or your sophomore year, or whatever it is, because you did the work, the wrestlers, especially they did, they cut the weight, they kept their weight, they kept their weight. So I didn't have time to sit there and feel sorry for myself. I said, okay, what do I need to do to get better? And how do, how do I help others after I got ready? And once I got ready, it was like, I was ready to talk to other people. Um, and then you had another, then we had other hits, but Literally, that was the mindset that I had early on. Um, and yeah, vi vi volleyball video, I'm like, uh, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, we were number one team in the country. We were 13 and three. We were figuring things out. And yeah, we're done. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, look, yeah. and we were, yeah. and, and, and I've and been, and, and, you know, I've been there. I, I've seen this because... Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm a native New Yorker. So on 9-11, I saw things that nobody else saw and, and dealt with right here. And so I'm like, yeah, a virus not playing. Okay, no big deal. You know, it, it's, it's, just, it's just what you're used to and what you, can, what, you, what you have that you can handle. You know, and if you can't handle it, you go ask for help. You get a call. You make, you make a phone call. But a lot of people just wanted to just go, yeah, we need to do this. We need to do this. And like, how are you doing first off? And then the second thing, how are the people that are under your care? How are they doing? That's, that's what you have to make sure of. And I don't, I, I think that we missed it. We missed a real opportunity to hit the reset button and, 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 and do some things as a, as a collective, I think not as, not as individuals, but I think as a collective, I think we missed some things. Yeah, and I, and I think we're putting a lot of people in awkward situations of, you know, I, I know personally of people that, you know, their daughters aren't trying out for volleyball because they don't think it's safe yet. Right. And, and, and we're digging that hole deeper because her friends are going to play. They're going to move on. And what happens hopefully in the next year where there's a vaccine for this and we can get back out is that person going to be welcomed the back end like they were technically two years ago? Cause they didn't play this last season over health concerns, you know, like how, how's that all going to handle? So, so dealing with that stress. And I just feel like we just rushed so quick to get things back to again, quote unquote normal that we may have made things worse in the long run. I, I mean, agree. I think there's still great opportunities. There's great opportunities. And I, I don't, I'm not saying this to be, you know, glum about it all and like it's a horrible thing i just think that we probably missed opportunities to grow to take the time because we were so rushed to make sure that everyone felt good and everyone was quote unquote okay that we missed chances to have long lasting change and benefits i i, I certainly agree especially especially here um in the densely populated areas because if you're if you're in New York City or if you're in a, a major city, there's just more people, and this virus kind of sapped it out. But if you have a backyard, at least you can go out and do something. 
Um, you may not be able to deal with other people at the start, but then as time wore on, you were allowed to, your family started creating a bubble of families. Like I'm sure that you had, you had something with that with your family. Um, you only saw family members that if they were close in age, you got to hang out with them and stuff. But for, for people that are a certain age, it was just kind of like, you're out of luck, you know, and the endless number of sirens that were going off in different towns. It was just, it was, it was a hurtful situation for a lot of people, but you have to move forward. You can't go back to normal. You have to move forward. So to wrap up this whole conversation, where do we go from here? Where, where is this the moment where we always say, if I could go back in time and change this, this is what we should have done. Are we at that moment where we should actually be thinking about what we change? Like, I I think we are, but, but that's just my nature. And is this the moment where we have to decide because my fear now is we're, we're at, it's actually happened a little bit later than I expected it to, but we're at that, that lockdown fatigue. We're, we're at that point where people are literally saying, I just don't care anymore. If I get it, I get it. I just can't live like this anymore. But I feel a lot of that's because we didn't look at viable solutions and ways to deal with it. So are we so, at the point yeah. where we can still salvage all of this? Well, salvage what is, is, a, <laughs> is, is an interesting, that, that is the, the question, I guess, would be salvage what exactly. Um, I think the opportunity may have been lost because of different, of different, uh, it de- you know, it also depends on where you are. Like we're, we're neighboring states. You're in, you're in Pennsylvania, I'm in New Jersey. We have some of similar things. And if I wanted to come visit you, I'm allowed to, you know, by, by decree of my, my governor and vice versa. Um, but then we'd have our own personal things if we want to do it or not. Um, but I can't go visit our friend Jay Hasek in Virginia because then I have to quarantine when I get back because he's in Virginia, D.C., right. right? Or yeah, he's in Virginia, so I can't go see him. Right. So those are the things that we're dealing with. And that's a failure at a different level that has that we have nothing to do with. But the personal level, we just have to be better and we have to do better. And I'm not sure. And how can we affect that change by doing better? Um, I'd like to I'd like to see us try and start doing that. But I've been trying to do that since June. I'm not sure if everybody else has been on that road. They've been doing other things, maybe. I'm not sure. You know, I'm really uncertain of what those people were, what most people were doing to affect change in a positive way. So that's that's my thought on that. Like, yes, we can we can put on our our air McFlies and and, and our air back to the futures and do that. Um, but are we actually doing the work that we need to do to make sure that all of us, including um, our loved ones are better. And I don't know if that's, if that's true or not. So yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for all of those things. I'm ready to move forward. I've been trying to move forward. Um, And if it's just a one person, if it's a one person crusade, then I don't mind. That's fine. Because if I know that I'm, (laughs) because if I know if I'm better, 
and and the people I'm talking to um, will get the benefit of me being better because I'll be better. Uh, I will be in a place where I can help if needed, you know, as opposed to I'm waiting for something to happen. Um, and if nothing ever happens, then I'm just sitting here and we're all in the same place, you know, better to be, what is it, proactive than reactive in this, in this, in this, in this time. So that's what I'm trying to do and see, and, and hopefully Uh-oh. that'll work. Sports update. Yeah. It just told me that um, the, it just told me is, something that I already knew. Uh, it's no longer nil, nil in the 93rd minute it. stop stop it's it's funny that um you said crusade because one of the things that i've been thinking about in, in um sentences or slogans i've been thinking about is when i come out of this i want it to be a crusade and not a parade I, I don't want it to be a parade of, hey, I made it through this and we're fine. I want it to be, I literally changed and tried to change around me and my environment around me to come out of this. And, and I think <laughs> my, my, my closing thought on all this is, let's just for round numbers sense, say that on December 31st of 2020 there's a vaccine that instantly everyone gets and is perfect and we wake up january 1st how am i different january 1st than i was january 1st of 2021 than i was of march 15th 2020 when i went into lockdown and if there's nothing different then we have a problem whether it's habits that I changed or how I view life or what I do. And that's my fear. I think there's a lot of people that when the threat of this is theoretically gone are no different that day than when this all started. And and I worry that a lot of people have missed a great opportunity for that. And and, and that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. I, 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 you know what as soon as you said crusade not a parade i started thinking how the end of the marvel movies and the d and the uh, dc the dc movies end when this the city is in rubble and all these people come out and go oh we're saved <laughs> and they're like okay we're saved now what do we do I'm like yeah we got to rebuild everything but if we can just and i know life is not a movie but sometimes Sometimes we can get an idea on how to do things. And, and then one of those things would be, um, hey, what are we doing while, while we're waiting to be saved? What are we doing to save ourselves? You know, what are we doing to make things around us better? What are we doing? And I agree. I mean, I'd rather be part of that crusade than a parade because a parade is just showing, oh, yeah, look at me, look at me. But what, did, what, did, what have you done? What have... What have you shared with the world? What have you What have you affected um, for the for the betterment of your group or or your life? What have you done? And I'd rather be part of that part than just watching people go by on floats with balloons and stuff. I mean, that's great, but <laughs> that's not that's not help. That's not helping my bottom line. That's not helping me as a person. It's not helping me as a as a community member as well. So. Yep. Well, I mean, we touched on a lot of, I can't wait to see the hate that I get for the whole Kobe LeBron 
Jordan you're not going to get but as, as we, much hate as you think. You're not. You're not. We'll we'll see. But I, I think we touched on a lot of great stuff. Do do we miss anything that you uh, in your mind thought this conversation was going to go? I think we have to. We we there's a lot of things we wrote down before, and we we like we talked about how how culture, how pop culture is affected, how we communicate um, with our athletes, you know that kind of thing. Um, but I, I'll just leave it. I'll just I'd rather leave it with this. It's just like every event is unique, and that um, words do matter, but the actions matter more. And since we can't do a lot of action right now, our words are amplified even more. Um, we can't go out and see people. So now the words, a phone call instead of a text matters more than it would have before. And then when you're allowed to actually go visit somebody and sit down and, and sit with them, even if you're wearing masks and just sit down with them, um, that matters a lot more or whatever you can do for them. Um, there's so much more, but yeah, this, this is a really good, this is a really good thing. And I, I can't wait to, uh, to talk to you again about some of the things that, um, that are definitely different than what we started back in March of 2020. Yeah. So I am going to consciously name this, the interview with Carl France part one to force us to make sure that we come back Ooh. because you're right there. There, there was that whole other side of words matter and how we communicate. And um, ironically, I'm reading a book called The Shallows, which is about how technology has changed, physically changed our brains, not just how we think, but like physiology, you know, the, the whole yeah, sure. changing the wiring. And um, I, I think that would be an interesting part of it. But but yeah, we, we had some awesome topics that we both wrote down and there's just no way we can get to them in one episode. So I will, we'll work that out and do another one, but I thank you. Um, I hope you guys have a season and hopefully I talk to you mid season or after your season and you know, you guys won a national championship and you can show me your ring and <clears throat> flaunt it around. <laughs> I don't think I'll be wearing any rings, but yeah, or, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't do rings. That's all right. Thank you. You got to wear at least once if you get it though. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be on, yeah, man, I, I, it'll be on and then it'll be in the box and it'll be away and then it's on to the next. Perfect. Well, again, thanks Carl. I, I love this. And all, as usual, I love all our conversations and thanks everyone to downloading, checking out, uh, we're now on Amazon and TuneIn and Apple and Google and every possible way you can possibly get us for the mental cast and hopefully keep an eye out for our part two of interview with Carl France. Thank you for listening to the mental cast powered by soul performance Academy and hosted by Dan Mickle. You can always reach the show on all social media platforms at the username at RealDanMickle or via the show's website at danmickle.com. Don't forget to check out our title sponsor, Soul Performance Academy, at the username at 717soul and on their website, 717soul.com. We hope you can join us for our next episode. Mm-hmm.